NC could tip the scales towards ramification of Equal Rights Amendment. Raleigh, North Carolina. More than 40 years later, the Equal Rights Amendment is still not a part of the U.S. Constitution, but in the current political climate of more female leadership and the hashtag MeToo movement, advocates may have success, and North Carolina could play a large role. Comments from Roberta Madden, co-president, ERA, North Carolina Alliance. North Carolina is poised to make history. 37 states, most recently Illinois, have ratified the Equal Rights Amendment that's been more than 40 years in the making. There is a renewed push to call on state lawmakers to ratify the ERA, which may think either has already passed or isn't needed, says Madden. We have a problem with perception. We need to get people to understand that equality of rights for women is not in the Constitution. Any law that has been passed can be taken away, and we've seen that happen on the federal and state levels. According to the ERA Coalition, 80% of those polled in 2016 believe men and women are already guaranteed equal rights in the U.S. Constitution. In the same poll, 94% were in favor of the amendment. There are currently bills in the committee at the state assembly which could lead to passing the ERA in the Tar Heel State this session. Madden said in addition to having legislation poised for a vote in this session, North Carolina has a long history of activism. We have such a dedicated group of volunteers. We have a lot of people who really care deeply about it. I am one. I've been working on it for 46 years, ever since it came out of Congress. And we feel very strongly that women's rights ought to be enshrined in the U.S. Constitution. Ironically, North Carolina was in a similar position in 1920 with the 19th Amendment, which granted women the right to vote. It could have cast the final required vote, but it was abandoned by lawmakers, and Tennessee cast the final vote. Arizona and Virginia are also poised to pass the ERA in the coming months. Census undercount puts North Carolina kids at risk. Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina is maintaining its stride in improving access to health care and economic well-being for its children in the 2018 Annie E. Casey Foundation Kids Count Data Book, released Wednesday, June 27, 2018. But experts say it's a precarious perch as the state prepares for the 2020 census. Concerns over changes in how the census will be conducted in two years are leading some to estimate a potential undercount will put 73,000 kids at risk. Whitney Tucker with NC Child explains what's at stake. The potential undercount of young children in North Carolina could threaten hundreds of millions of dollars in federal funding for programs that impact children's health and education and safety. So our overall ranking of 32nd in the country is really at stake based on the results of the upcoming census. The undercount of children in 2000 led to a loss of CHIP funding, which placed thousands of North Carolina children on the waiting list to receive health benefits. The state ranks 43rd in the country for low birth weight babies. On the positive side, only 4% of the state's children are without health insurance, a decrease of 50% since 2010. North Carolina ranks 29th in health among the states. Roughly 300 federal programs use census-derived data to allocate more than $800 billion a year, and there are concerns over the Census Bureau's lack of over the Census Bureau's lack of leadership and decision to move it over to a largely digital survey. Laura Spear with the Casey Foundation says that may exclude some people. There's still not a permanent director, and we know that that's important. 
there's the need to fund state and local outreach for the census. And especially for the undercount of children, it's important to expand the pool of trusted messengers around the census. Even with some of the gains, half of North Carolina's children are living in poor or low-income households, says Tucker. Family economic security clearly remains a challenge here in the state. Even though families have experienced significant progress since the last time the data book came out, I mean, there's been a 12% decrease in the percentage of children living in poverty. North Carolina public school employees may soon be better equipped to offer mental health services and emotional education to students now that the General Assembly has passed a bill that would create programs to support suicide prevention and mental health services in schools. It's an effort that Wake County Schools has already been employing. The school system begins emotions education in first grade with the program Funny Tummy Feelings and continues various lessons in coping skills and problem solving all the way up through high school. Kelly Lister is the school system's crisis intervention and prevention specialist. We have certainly seen the stressors of life continue to rise, and I think there's a whole lot that goes into what's complicating our world and our children's world that continue to make our concern for suicide risk go up. Teenage females are seen as particularly vulnerable population, with instances of suicide among that population increasing lately. Governor Cooper is expected to sign the legislation passed last week. The program will be developed by the Department of Public Instruction. NC Child and other organizations are working to ensure the training is frequent and evidence-based. Phil Harris is the chief of police in Brevard and also serves on the Child Fatality Task Force. He says after more than three decades in law enforcement, he believes reducing the availability of guns in homes is an important way to reduce the rising number of suicides. Most forms of suicide have a little bit of a window when somebody makes the decision for them to be discovered. And it's not so much so with a gun. Somebody decides to pull the trigger. It's also important to be mindful of how suicide is addressed in the media and urges news outlets to leave out specific details of someone's death. Instead, she says it's important to focus on opportunities to seek help. She adds the current culture of social media only adds to the feeling of desperation for some. I think our social media is a false sense of reality. People put on their Instagram or their Facebook pictures of mostly happy moments. And somebody who is not feeling well or not feeling connected have a sense that everybody's okay but me. Lister says that mental health care is an important way to prevent people from considering suicide to begin with. According to a youth behavior and risk survey from NC Child, nearly one in ten students in high school have attempted suicide. People in need of help can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. The crab pots, natural habitats, and scenic vistas along North Carolina's coastline could soon be obstructed by rebar, netting, and buoys if state lawmakers push ahead with House Bill 361. Coastal advocates are concerned that the bill, designed to create and promote a leasing program for a growing aquaculture industry, doesn't have the proper protections in place. Last week, the state Senate approved a conference report that recommends moving ahead with a vote. But marine scientist Louis Daniel says lawmakers need to slow that process down. Once you go out and you start leasing these areas to folks, it's pretty much done. And you put one of these leases out there, it can significantly impact the public's ability to use that public trust bottom in the future. He warns if the bill is signed into law, some access to coastal bottoms available for public crabbing and fishing would be eliminated. Supporters say a larger aquaculture industry will create jobs and help coastal economies. The North Carolina Wildlife Federation opposes the conference report findings. As a consultant for the Federation, Daniel says it does see some beneficial components to aquaculture for the coast, 
but not without more time and research. We think there are good things in the bill, and the Wildlife Federation fully supports the development of an environmentally and ecologically sound aquaculture program. We can look at lessons learned from other jurisdictions that have been involved in this issue a little longer than we have. Other states, including Washington, have had problems with parts of their aquaculture industries, including the use of a chemical intended to combat sea lice that ended up affecting shrimp and lobster populations. Daniel says instances like that underscored the need for caution. Once you get these big companies and once you get these big investors coming in and they've received these multiple 200-acre leases and they're putting hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment out there to start developing their oysters, they're going to have some political horsepower from a funding standpoint to come in and say, whoa, 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 you know, you guys passed this bill, now you're going in and wanting to change things. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Eye on the Triangle on 88.1 WKNC. My name is Marissa Jordan, and today I will be giving you my list of top 10 things to do in the Triangle this summer. Quick disclaimer. This is a list of things that I enjoy doing in my free time around the Triangle. There are events on this list that are definitely not for all ages. Are you new to the Triangle? A student that suddenly found themselves with a lot of free time? or a Triangle native looking for some different things to try out this summer? Then keep listening, folks, because I'm going to give you guys my opinion on the top 10 best things to do in the Triangle this summer. I've lived in the Triangle area since 2000, and I believe I know the city inside and out. I've picked out a variety of different activities, so I hope you will find at least one unfamiliar place to check out this summer. So without further ado, let's get to the list. Number 1. The Eno River Festival. This is definitely one of this is definitely one of the events I look forward to, not just every summer, but every year. For those of you that don't know, every year the Eno River Association holds a festival to raise money to maintain the state park. That festival is the Eno River Festival. If you're into great food trucks, art vendors, live music, which ranges from bluegrass to indie rock, and spending the day outside in a beautiful park, this event is for you. I've attended the festival for the past few years, and some of my highlights include seeing RKS play, the peace parade they have each year, and of course, the Jamaican food truck. Number two, the scrap exchange. The scrap exchange is actually a relatively recent discovery for me. The scrap exchange is located in Durham and is basically a warehouse filled with junk, odds, and ends. This may sound strange, but if you're a DIY guru like me, it's heaven. I have unique pieces that have started new art projects for me at a fraction of the price that you would pay at a traditional craft store. In addition, I love the scrap exchange because they really live out the reduce, reuse, recycle mantra, which has been a huge goal of mine for the past year. Even if you don't enjoy creating tank tops out of old cloth, I'd suggest checking out the scrap exchange just for the experience. Number three, the Museum of Natural Sciences. The Museum of Natural Sciences holds a special spot in my heart. It was one of my childhood stomping grounds, and now more than 10 years later, I also work there. The museum is wonderful because it can work on so many levels. 
children and adults alike can have an equally awesome time and learn something new. For those of you who don't know, the museum also hosts events targeted at adult science lovers such as their talk series and Thursday Science Bingo Nights. If you're planning a trip to the Science Museum this summer, I'd suggest checking out the Naturalist Center in the new building. It contains scientific specimens from a variety of different disciplines and is a fun way to learn about the world around you. I'd also suggest checking out the Dinosaur Room because it's my personal favorite exhibit. Number four, Father and Sons. Father and Sons is Raleigh's best spot for finding vintage and unusual items. It just recently relocated from its original spot on Hargett Street and is now located on West Street in downtown Raleigh. If you're looking for a funky retro piece to add to your wardrobe or just an eclectic way to spend an afternoon, Father and Sons is the spot for you. Number five, Rocky Horror at the Rialto. Imagine it's Friday night and you're looking to go out. If you're searching for an experience that's outside the basic club or bar scene, then look no further than Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Rialto. If you've never been to a live Rocky Horror or even seen the movie, you're in for a surprise. Dress up in your raunchiest, craziest outfit and head downtown to the Rialto to act out the most ridiculous parts of the film. Don't forget to bring your toast. Number six, go to a show at a smaller venue. If you've never attended a show at a venue smaller than the Ritz, this is a must. There are several smaller local venues around the Triangle that get great shows year-round, hint hint, the artists we play at WKNC. The experience at a smaller venue is just so much better than a lawn concert. Often you're closer to the band and the band will interact more with the crowd. There's even a chance to meet the band after the show and have them sign your shirt or take a picture. Plus, here at WKNC, we're constantly giving away tickets for big and small venues alike. Listen in and maybe it'll be your lucky day. Number seven, Umstead State Park. If you're an outdoors enthusiast like me, Umstead State Park is a summer must. Don't let the warm weather and humidity scare you away. It's just as fun to hike in the summer. Just make sure you go early. I learned a lot about the history of the park in one of my geology classes this past semester. For many years, the land belonged to farmers, but was purchased by the state of North Carolina in the 1930s to create jobs during the Great Depression. Today, it's a beautiful state park spanning over eight miles with three lakes and a multitude of trails. It's also a great place to head if you're a fan of outdoor exercise, exploring, geology, or biology. Number eight, Jordan Lake. Once again, don't shy away from being outdoorsy this summer, even if it's 95 degrees outside, 90% humidity. Jordan Lake provides an excellent escape from the bustle of Raleigh. Whether you're looking for a day at the lake, a place to hike, or a weekend of camping, Jordan Lake's got it. Last summer, I went camping here with a group of friends, and even though it rained the entire time, it was a fun and unforgettable trip. Number nine, the North Carolina Museum of Art. I love the North Carolina Museum of Art. Everything about it is wonderful. The collections, the special exhibits, the grounds, and especially the events. If you're looking for a way to spice up your summer routine, I'd highly suggest checking out the list of events going on at the Art Museum. They have college nights, concerts, movies, and more. It's also a great place to hang out on those super hot summer days. The museum provides a college budget-friendly, air-conditioned, interesting experience for all. If you haven't been to the museum since they added the new wing, I'd recommend visiting it. They've moved most of the older art, like the stuff from ancient Greece and the Middle Ages, to the new wing. It also contains a plethora of new art and my personal favorite, the Rodin Collection and Garden. Provide a nice place for an evening stroll and a great place to take your dog. I cannot stress how much I love this place. Number 10, Logan's Trading Co. For those of you who have never been to Logan's, it's located in Seaboard Station on Peace Street by the campus of William Peace University. It has a garden shop and is filled with tons of amazing plants. 
Even if you don't have a garden or succulent collection like me, it's a great place to wander about and enjoy all the beautiful plants and atmosphere. And hey, you may even be enticed to start your own mini plant family. So there you have it. These are my top 10 recommendations for entertaining and exciting things to do in the Triangle this summer. I hope you'll take at least one of my recommendations and that I've helped you fight off boredom this summer. This has been Marissa Jordan for Eye on the Triangle.